0: Hello and welcome to the Gouda Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our show in which we react to less latest Arsenal news. Break it down, get your thoughts in the chat box and ultimately answer as many feasible questions as possible. Um, And today is an interesting show, of course. International break has hit hard, which means that the Arsenal content is running as dry as the Sahara right now. Um, But an interesting piece of news has come out today, which of course does affect Arsenal. Um, it affects Arsenal less than some other clubs for obvious reasons, we'll go into that. Uh, we'll go into that. Sorry, in a minute. Um, but yeah, this is a really strange one. Um, financial fair play stopping being scrapped, going to be replaced by a different system. We're going to go into it. We're going to get the breakdown of, of what's being reported. We're going to get your thoughts, and we're going to have a look and try and explain how this might obviously affect Arsenal. So, financial fair play, now on the Football London website, um, reacting to this news, uh, it's according, basically, there's there's rumours that are spread through media on the continent, but UEFA are set to scrap the current financial fair play regulations in favour of a system that will provide clubs with greater freedom over their spending. Now, the, the ironic response to that is just to go, well was there ever any restrictions in place because the likes of Man City etc have been able to spend ridiculous amounts of money and it's not really mattered to them it's not really mattered to them at all and that's that's obviously been frustrating especially from an Arsenal standpoint but people can't really say that Arsenal haven't spent money we spent 561 million pounds on transfers between 2015 and 2019 according to the latest published uh, financial results from the club and that does go to show that the club is, is spending money on transfers. Obviously, the net spend is going to be very different. The amount of what we've sold of players and what we've been able to make from loan deals and, and stuff like that is going to be different. But Arsenal have still spent a hell of a lot of money on transfers. So going forwards, what, how this will affect Arsenal will be in terms of the money that could be invested, should the Cronkies decide to do that. And we know that there's been reluctance to do that in the past, allegedly so. That, that's something that you need to focus on. I'd love to get your thoughts. If you've heard the news already, throw your thoughts into the chat box and we'll read some of those through uh, in a little bit. So, kind of some of the main impacts is that clubs are going to be consulted before the implementation of these rules. So, the move away from Michael uh, Platini and Gian, uh, Gianni Infantino's FFP rules will only come in place with the agreements of clubs with UEFA said to be unlikely to want to impose itself on on the clubs without that dialogue, okay. So that just means that they're gonna, they're not gonna input it without kind of debating with clubs. Basically, spending what is necessary um, once a set system has been desi- uh, designed and accepted by all parties, including compiling with EU law and gradual adaptation period is expected to begin in 2022, uh, with full implementation of the rules to come at a later date. So this isn't going to come into place until at least next year. So the summer of 2021, not going to be affected by this. The redesigned system is to be a transition from the idea of spending as much as you collect to spending what is necessary without waste. So the first system, what that means is, is it's trying to say that the whole of football should have been self sustaining, which is something that Arsenal and Liverpool have done throughout the years. Liverpool have done it a hell of a lot more successfully. Leicester city have done it exceptionally well as well, but, Other clubs like Chelsea, United and City that have spent a hell of a lot more than they've actually made is different and doesn't follow that same route as as the kind of the self-sustaining. And what the previous model was meant to encourage the self-sustaining model. Well, that's basically being moved away from to what they're calling spending what is necessary without waste. So what that word that opens basically up to is a lot more broad. It's a lot more vague. Spending what is necessary can be very, very different for a club that's like down the bottom end of the table. What's necessary could be staying up. For a club like City, is to stay in the top of the league. For a club like Arsenal, it's to try and push to get into the top four and one day get into the champion, uh, get into winning the titles and the Champions League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That is very difficult to say what is necessary because what's necessary for Arsenal in that sense and what our targets are could be millions and millions of pounds, could be ridiculous amounts of money for Arsenal to try and achieve that. So a salary cap. So the new regulations could also see an introduction of a salary cap. Salary caps is not its not a rare thing. It does happen in the world. The MLS introduced a salary cap, and there's certain players that can go above that salary cap, etc., to be disguised as a luxury tax to ensure compliance with the European regulations. This would mean there would be a total limit that clubs could spend on wages throughout the playing squad. How the budget for each club is figured out has yet be, has yet to be announced. Now, that's going to be tricky because obviously the wage budgets of clubs is very different. The likes of Man City, Chelsea and Manchester United have huge wage bills. Arsenal itself have a really big wage bill. We pay our players a lot of money and sometimes arguably not even arguably, definitely, have overspent on wages for certain players. I mean, Carl Jenkinson was on a ridiculous amount of money at Arsenal. We've just given a Bamiang over three hundred grand a week, including add-ons. Mesut Ozil was on a £350,000 per week including add-ons contract. We've given a lot of money away to to a lot of players, and that's going to have to be reined in. And whether that helps Arsenal, whether that restricts Arsenal, it's really difficult to kind of speculate as to whether that or not will happen right now. But it could end up being a good thing in the long term if the clubs that Arsenal are really kind of stretching away from and can't reach right now are reined in a bit through a salary cap. That could help Arsenal. The introduction of economic sanctions. So currently, I love that he uses the word introduction as if there's been no economic sanctions whatsoever for FFP. The clubs have done what they want under this, and there's been no sanctions. Currently, clubs that fall foul to FFP, in theory, could be expelled from competing in European competitions, a sanction that was handed to Manchester City until they successfully appealed the ruling at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So that the club that did get sanctions was like, eh, no, actually, you're fine. (laughs) So no one's really been hit by this so far. Uh, This punishment would no longer be so prevalent under the proposed regulations with sporting sanctions expected to be reduced in favour of greater economic sanctions for the clubs which break the parameters. UEFA have already begun designing the new regulations and once they have been discussed, the EU Parliament, they will take them to clubs for consideration before a final decision on the implementation schedule that will be taken. <laughs> this, this obviously, sanctions is, is good in a way because you want to say, yes, great, let's sanction clubs that break these rules, but we've seen what's happened to clubs that have broken FFP. They've just appealed it and it's been fine. So if this actually does have a genuine bearing, then we maybe we'll see sanctions coming in for certain clubs that break these new regulations. But, yeah, I find it very tricky. The likes of Chelsea, Arsenal and Tottenham will be waiting with bated breath for news from UEFA as any change in regulations could see the clubs rethink their financial policy and, in turn, their transfer plan for the upcoming transfer windows. Were the clubs to be granted a greater licence to spend the extra financial power of the Premier League, uh, clubs it's likely to impact what money is available of new signings. This could be seeing the likes of Chelsea further strengthen their squad with the European counterparts, unlikely to have the finances to compete when it comes to a bidding war for players such as in-demand striker Erling Horland. Horland. Um, So... What does this all mean for Arsenal? It, it means, I don't think it's initially going to change a lot for us. It, it, honestly, I don't think this is going to have a massive impact on what we do this summer. If these rules come in next summer, or rather the summer of 2022, I still don't think it's going to have a big bearing on what we do. There's a couple of reasons for that. The main one being that our owner typically does not spend a lot of money. He does not inject a lot of money. He has done. We saw it with Partey. We saw it the summer before with Pepe. But even then, it wasn't loads like it's not it's not anywhere near the likes of Roman Abramovich levels of investment what this does mean is that if Arsenal were to say be bought out by the the African conglomerate uh, tycoon that we Dangote I think his name is um maybe that will change things maybe that means that a new owner that is willing to invest would change a lot maybe but there's no guarantees that they come in. They could be saying all this stuff, saying I want to take Arsenal to the next level, just because they want to have the benefits of owning a club like Arsenal that Stan Kroenke has. So there's no guarantees of that. These people aren't, like, they're not guaranteed to be the most trustworthy people on earth, believe it or not. Sometimes you get where you are because of the way, the way you do things. And I, I don't think this is going to have a big impact on Arsenal for them specifically. What I do think is it's going to have a big impact on widening the gap. Um, which is a problem for not only Arsenal but other teams in the Premier League and that the likes of Man City are no longer going to be, I say no longer (laughs) because, again, we come back in full circle to the point of saying that FFP really kind of did struggle to rein in those clubs. So will it have a big impact on them? Arguably, they'll just carry on doing what they've always done and just keep spending and spending and spending. Let's see what you guys are saying in, in the chat box then and what you think about this a hey, he says money hasn't been our issue paying big amounts of money on bang average players is the reason that we are mid-table chris says nice hair talk. yeah i haven't a haircut for two like three since the last time this is before lockdown that was what before christmas this is ridiculous this is being cut as soon as hairdressers open this is why i wear a hat Oh shows if i went for a run just go out the shower and i don't want to you know squash it down all the time but thanks chris much appreciate that really nice good to have you back in the chat mate glenn cook says time for Cronkies to spend the cash glenn says uh machiavelli says tom i think it's time for you to borrow drew's bender what is this stop having a go at me right i I can't help it i can't help the fact that no hairdressers it's ridiculous look at it absolutely mentally long it's ridiculous um well, anyway, let's let's get back on track. Uh, Matt G says, "Tom, yes or no? Does this mean we're getting Messi?" We're going to go on a limb here, Matt, and say yes. We're going to sign Messi, mate. Get the say, get the bandanas out, get the banners out, and put the Messi banners out, mate, outside your house. Get him coming to Arsenal. Cookie Monster says, "If we didn't spend the 500 mil, we wouldn't have a team." Uh, yeah, again, it's about how we spend that money. It's about what we do with that money when we have it. That's that's the issue that we've got right now. Um, Chris says, what it means is our rivals will continue to get better and will continue to get worse if Stan is the owner, which is not a a bad kind of comparison. Um, (laughs) uh, Abdallah says, FFP being scrapped is to avoid a creation of a super league. Uh, Chris says, Tom, have you considered getting a perm? No, I haven't. Um, Although it might just be happening out of pure lack of control right now. Um, Matt says... uh, haven't seen. oh, he's talking about Chris coming. Yeah, Chris is back in the. Let's give some Chris some love in the chat box, people. MIR reaction says Arsenal will fall behind Everton's spending power. It's it's not genuinely a a far fetched idea when they've got Mashiri as their owner. And Usmanov involved too. There is nothing to say that they can't fall behind them. Mitchell Balzan says, owner's going to have to come up with another excuse why they can't spend now, Tom. And this is coming from a Liverpool fan. Uh, Fala says, now that FFP has been scrapped, we are going to see how Stan really backs Arteta. Mr. A says, we now need to be a lot smarter with recruitment, hire some proper scouts again for the star and says, we need to start being smarter with our recruitment this summer. Edu has to earn his money. Do you have confidence? Yeah, I do have confidence in him. I think you look at the last two windows that he's had really sole control with Arteta, with what's going on at the club. I do have confidence in the summer window. We brought in two amazing players in Gabriel and Partey. Yeah, Willie Ann happened. We we can talk about all the live long day. We've got a third choice keeper. You move forward to January and we're moving out a, a lot of players. I don't think anyone expected Mesut Ozil to be actually be sold, got rid of, get the wages off the books. Not only that, we brought in a backup keeper that was very solid and in the only performance we've seen him in against Villa, he was also very good. And then you brought in Martin Erdogan, a £40 million rated player on loan for six months. In, in addition to all of the other business that we've done in regards to outgoings... Yeah, I have faith. Yeah, I have trust. I've seen what they're capable of. I see what they can do. And I have the faith going forwards. Uh, Chris says, will uh, Richard Garlick have an impact on negotiating better wages for new players on player extensions? Yes, he will. Uh, Richard Garlick is the new... Uh, he's basically coming in and taking on a, a, a kind of director role um, at the club. It's like a head of football operations kind of role at the club, which does involve a lot of Husfami's previous... Uh, responsibilities which does include contract negotiations but it is more than that as well it's it's a bit deeper than that it's like a combination it's not a combination but there's like responsibilities that were Raoul's and Husfami's that are in the same role but he's not as high up the pecking order as saying Edu is, is at the club for some reason uh, Mitchell says have they scrapped FFP to alleviate a COVID recession in football and make sure assets retain value very very likely Mitchell is the answer very likely that had the pandemic not happened this would not be taking place. It's very, very true. Um, Neptune says, Edu axed our entire scouting department, Judge him in the summer. That again was what what some people would describe as a necessary evil, which I don't agree with personally. It's how they've wanted to streamline things. They wanted to go down more of a data-driven route and more of an analytical and computer-based route rather than having all these scouts, which if you're going to save a fair few million pounds a season, you might be able to say in the end is justified, but I'm, I'm kind of judging him what he's done already, and I think that what he's brought in and what he's done in the market has been really good, personally. Shahul says, as soon as Barcelona and Real Madrid get up to their necks in debt, FFP is binned. What a coincidence. Yeah, that 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 debt will have to be paid back eventually. Like, <laughs> Eventually, that debt will, will have to go back at some point. So it's the way of the world. Um, you can't just keep You'd think, anyway, maybe I'm being naive. <laughs> you can't keep up. I'm in Barcelona and have over a billion euros worth of debt now. So you'd think that would hamstring them a little bit, at least. Um, let's scroll down and get a few more comments. Uh, Karthik says, Richard Garlick will add, <laughs> by the way, I made this mistake. Even though his surname is Garlic, there is a K on the end. (laughs) I've written it into an article and got picked up on it before. So, yeah, there is actually a K at the end of his name. Uh, Richard Garlic will add more flavour to our contract negotiations, says Carthic. Samuel Gray says this will be the first summer that we can spend without worrying about having to pay off the stadium, which I think is also huge. I also think it's one of the first summers that we're going to get to be able to sell on a fair few players. We've got a lot more players that have kind of that sell-on value surrounding them too. So I think that's also something to consider. Mr. Joe Kerr says, Stan is only going to complement our recruitment if we can prove it's worth the investment for him. Uh, Fallon says, Big summer for Edu and Arteta. It's going to be a make-or-break summer for them both. Um, <laughs> what does it mean for Arsenal, Yannick says? And as I said at the start of the video, very little, nothing. I, I said that at the start. I don't think it changes loads. I really don't think it's going to change a lot for us. And my old reaction says, in order to compete with our rivals' spending power, we might have to take up the Borussia Dortmund approach, such as buying young talent and hope that they hit the ground running. I think that that's it's, – it's a strange one because Borussia Dortmund have – the capacity being in the Champions League nearly every season, which could end this year with how they're getting on in the Bundesliga this year, to be able to bring in talent and keep talent and hold talent because they're playing in the top-level competition. Um, It's the same thing like Red Bull Salzburg, and I know I'm going to go back to Red Bull Salzburg, but they can bring in now good quality players for their level because they are consistently in the Champions League. And Austria's coefficient is also rising and it's getting to the point where they won't need to qualify at some points and they'll go straight into the competition rather than having to qualify too. So it's it's different for England because, because of the fact that if you bring in these young guys, we need to be competing. And young guys that we bring in, we can't always look to just bring in gems and things that we've got the kind of capacity to play them in the league. Yes, the Bundesliga is getting more competitive. Yes, there's other teams like RB Leipzig and Wolfsburg that have done really well this season that are pushing further at the table. Gladbach as well. Um, Bayer Leverkusen have just sacked Peter, uh, Peter botch uh, because they were six points or seven points off top four and they've sacked him for that. It's getting more competitive in the Bundesliga and they might not be able to be as successful with risking as many young players and they may have to start being a little bit more savvy and buying more experienced players so that they can hit the ground running straight into their team rather than allowing them time because they may end up falling out of what their aim is is to be in the Champions League. Um, Kathy says, Tom, I saw how Charles what I saw Charles what sorry talking about how it will be difficult to scout and recruit without Kagawa, um, and others who were experienced and had a lot of contacts and agents. Do you think the same? It'll be more difficult to scout and recruit in the sense that you've got less people out there, but in the world of football, you and, and at that high level and the investment into some of the analytical systems and algorithms and and programs that they have, the the gap between what you can achieve through that level of things and and scouting is it it becomes basically down to behavioural patterns. Is all that scouts and more scouts kind of add to a a club is that they're adding that kind of behavioural attitude, that side of looking at players. Because everything else in regards to the system, stats, Analytics, the algorithm looking at the players gives you everything else that you need. So, I'm not, I'm not really sure um, how much of an impact it will end up having personally. Um, Falah says, Tom. Given that FFP has been scrapped, do you think Arsenal will fall far much behind with our current owners? Honest. The honest answer is I don't know. The the, the speculative answer is to say that based on what we know already. And what we've seen from them and what they've provided us and what other teams are doing is that you would say it's like it's it's a real possibility that we could end up the gap between us and the top teams could widen further if we don't spend, if we don't bring in really top quality players. And we'll keep then chopping and changing managers in the hope that one of those managers can get more out of what we've got. But in reality, what we've got is not enough to compete with the top four. Um <laughs> uh, Chris says how is Tom's lover boy Zob Osler doing at Leipzig he's injured mate he hasn't played a game yet um, so <laughs> it's kind of lucky we didn't bring him in in the end because uh, he's not been able to play a game thus far Albezi says uh, how many more windows before we can call it an Arteta team trusting the process is getting boring um, I said that I would give him this window this summer window see where we are this time next season, and if we haven't progressed or we aren't showing any kind of real signs of progression, then you've got to raise some serious questions. Uh, but if you're bored, uh, expect to be bored throughout the rest of your, your football and sporting life because it's been a just a, it's been one summer window so far. So expect to be bored because that's you don't expect quick changes. You really, really don't. Uh Big Energy says, I honestly think we have already fallen so far behind we don't have the players that Mikel needs in order to make this style of play work. You need absolutely perfect technicians uh there's there's truth in that i think that that we've got the capacity to coach players into playing in in this style but we'll have to see Divian says is there any club in the big leagues who are self-sustaining while being successful over a long period for my lack of knowledge i'd claim arsenal has probably done it the longest liverpool are the other ones um liverpool are the more successful and leicester city are the most successful self-sustaining clubs um in england in europe you look at Borussia Dortmund, um, RB Leipzig have got a lot better through doing it as well. Um, in France, Lille have done it really, really well. You have to look at the players they've sold on, Rafael Liao, Nicolas Pepe, Gabriel Magalhaes. Um, and then they've brought in some players. And you look at them now, they look at the top of the league and, and competing for a title. So you have to say that they have done things exceptionally well too. Uh, in Spain, Raul Sociedad, obviously, are really tricky for any other side to kind of break into that top three. But Raul Sociedad have sold a hell of a lot of players for a lot of money over the years. Uh, like Antoine Griezmann, for example. You look at um, Inigo Martinez, uh, who's gone off to Athletic Bilbao for a very handsome fee. Yuri Bicicci, Um they've, they've managed to get a lot of money in for the players that they've, they've moved on. And and that has ultimately allowed them to bring in some good players and they've got a good squad now and they're playing really well and they're up there competing for Europe as much as possible. Severe are a weird one because Severe, of course, chop and change players like no one's business and they literally can get rid of like 10, 11, 12 players a season and bring in 10 players a season and just try and continually win the Europa League. Or in this season, they obviously got through to the knockout stage of the, the Champions League and knocked out by... Borussia Dortmund only just a couple of goals would have changed it, um, but yeah, there are examples of teams that do it in Italy. Uh, my Italian knowledge Serie A is not as great, but Juventus have always historically so like, like bought quite big, but do really well at bringing in kind of free agents, Adrian Rabiot, Emre Chan, like these types of guys that they're getting on frees, Aaron Ramsey. Um, they do well in the free market, and then you look at other clubs. I'm thinking of Napoli. Napoli are always kind of stubborn sellers. AC Milan have have not done it particularly well. They've had to really kind of invest to try and get back to where they want to be into Milan too. So there's not, I can't think of too many in Italy that, that are doing it self-standing rather than, other than Atalanta, I suppose, but that's more down to finding good players, but they don't really move on move them on like for big, big feet. Um, really, as far as I'm aware, I might be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're, I, I don't remember hearing about too many players moving on from Atalanta for, like, massive fees, if you know what I mean. But maybe that will be something that they're, like, late bloomers and they'll start doing that now. Last couple of thoughts, and then we will move on with our lives. Um, <laughs> uh, Bayern says, MR reaction. The thing with Bayern is that I can't really... Cl- I don't really, not necessarily class Bayern as self-sustaining because they win the league so often and they get to the end of the the competition so often that they their income is so great that like they don't necessarily have to have the same model as Dortmund because they have continually forged a side that competes at the top level and then they buy the best talent from within their league so that it makes it much more tricky for those teams to, to catch up with them you look at upper meccano moving there in the summer levendoski um all of these guys that they've managed to bring in and I wouldn't necessarily say that buying are self-sustaining in the same way as like Arsenal and Liverpool are supposed to be, because it's more down to where they are, the way they recruit, and and the the income they get from what what they do, obviously, in the competitions that they're in. Um, so that is going to conclude today's show. Thank you so much, people, for listening. Could drop a like on today's video. I'd really, really appreciate it and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. We're going to continue on with the content tomorrow. We've got a LTA podcast with John looking at the social side of Arsenal. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that have kind of happened socially uh, on social media, controversies, drama. People love a little bit of drama. So make sure you tune in tomorrow evening, UK time for that. On Friday, I'll be the Let's Talk Arsenal uh, 5 p.m. show. We're we'll revealing which one of our members has, of course, won the free entry into the signed in rights shirt competition which the link for Football Prizes is, is, of course, in the description. And on Saturday, we're going to have a very fun interview uh, with someone that I very much like from the music scene uh, during the international break. who is a drum-based artist and is a big uh, Arsenal fan as well. You may or may not know him. Uh, I'm going to keep that under wraps for now. But I'm looking forward to it. And then Sunday, because it's the international break, we are going to do a quiz, uh, a fun quiz, with a fair few guests, Mike, Owen... Andy, uh, Dave Lennon from the members, Mike Hernandez for the members. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to do some fun rounds, interactive. You guys can play along in the chat box around 8.30 p.m. UK time on Sunday. So make sure you tune in for that. We're going to try and fill your international break with as much entertainment as feasibly possible. Uh, I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal.